Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Three Amigos FBL Show. I'm your host, FBL Marple, and alongside me as always are my amigos Dale and Mars. Tonight we're joined by the first Amiga on this iteration of our podcast from Dublin via Oz. It's Kylie. Hi Kylie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me back on the pod. Um, yes, Kylie, I had to Google that earlier on. I was saying, well, what's the female version of Amigo in um, Spanish? And it's Amiga, apparently. <laughs> and here <laughs> so I thought perfect. you were just bilingual. <laughs> I know. You, actually, you actually Googled that? Oh, my. I did, yeah. As I, was, so I wasn't actually sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's good preparation. Uh, tell us. Yeah, I know, exactly. It's professionalism. Tell us, Kylie, how have you been anyway? We, we haven't talked to you since um, you were on, of course, our Getting to Know You podcast, which listeners should check out in our in our back catalogue. But um, tell us, how are you getting on and how was Game Week 31 for you? I've been getting on well. I think at, oh, was it about that time that I was in the dark place of uh, Christensen? And yeah, yeah. so I was kind of cursed then, but I've had a, a pretty respectable last few weeks. So I'm, I'm at about 49K now, which is decent. Um, I had a, a good 31. I mean, good is relative because... Obviously, with Captain Salah floating around, uh, this, the average was really high for a week with only four fixtures, which was bizarre. But um, I ended up on 93 points. I had, obviously, Captain Salah, Mane, Van Dyke, Stanislas, and Walcott actually delivered. It was only an assist, but I'll take it. Um, yeah, the, the game week that was in yeah. it, an assist from him definitely was a winner, all right? Oh, seriously. I was actually on your side of the country, Don, at the time. I was in Galway. Oh, yeah, and, and you, you I was enjoy paying, your stay. What were you doing over here? Uh, drinking to excess. It was Paddy's day, <laughs> so I was <laughs> doing the the Irish what thing. Books, and what books did you go into? Uh, we were in the King's Head. I think it was. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. King's that was, Head. That was that one of my old haunts. Yeah, when I used to be getting out, Kylie. A few colourful characters in there. It was really busy, actually. Um, so I was paying no attention to the results that day. And I just kind of logged in the next morning and saw all the goals. And it was just a sense of relief that I didn't get creative with the captaincy. Yeah, I know there's been a few horror stories. Um, on last week's podcast, of course, with the FPL coach, um, it was all about cooking up the perfect wildcard. Um, and that show, of course, is still available to listen to if you haven't already. So please do so. However, following this fixture rescheduling, it turns out that whilst our ingredients for our succulent wildcard were all correct, the timings were all off. This cooking analogy could go on and on. I've spent too much time around Ardale. As a rough summary, instead of the Bonanza double game week 34, many had anticipated with as many as 12 teams doubling up. It turns out that only eight will have a double that game week. All of that has affected people's wildcard ideas and their chip strategy. In addition, Harry Kane being pictured looking fit and well only added to the meltdown today. Um, Kylie, as you're a guest, I'll come to you first on it. How impacted have you been by the surprise served up to us? And what's your thinking on how to adjust? Um, personally, my strategy hasn't changed too much since the fixtures were announced. I did get a bit concerned at first because my initial draft team had some Arsenal and some Swansea in there. So I did have to make a few adjustments. But 
ultimately, I'm one of those people that still has a full suite of chips. And I had pushed the wildcard button before the fixture announcement came through. So despite the adjustment, because of the situation that my Game Week 31 team was in, which was quite horrific, actually, um, I had Benteke, Munier and Depotra, who really should never, ever be in the front line of any team in any scenario. Only a blank game week would make you do that. But even with a blank game week, I still sort of think how Benteke, I can't stand ever since that time I captained him and he missed a penalty. What was going on? And then two Huddersfield strikers. Like, one's not enough. I had two. Very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to ask why, but I'm just not going to ask. <laughs> I, the logic the logic there was for some reason I had Dupuatra as like my third striker who I never played and he was on my bench the whole time. And then it got closer to 31 and I figured, well, I may as well just, you know, have him play and get me one point, which he didn't even do in the end. And then at some point, I decided Munier was a good option. So instead of replacing Depoitra, I just brought Munier in as well as him. So imagine when I logged back in and I looked at my team and I just thought, oh, God, like, have I been hacked? No, I did it to myself. So that's the worst revelation of all. Um, so ultimately, for me, it doesn't matter that I pushed the wildcard button before the fixture announcement. That could not be resolved without like a 32-point hit or something. So I wasn't going to completely sacrifice game week 32 because I think there's some good points, opportunities there, and I'm happy to proceed with the wildcard as is at the moment. My plan in terms of the wildcard is to have a good spine of double game week players who play both doubles, so 34 and 37. So that will give me a good base. Uh, I will be keeping Salah because you can't not at the moment with the form that he's in. And I will have some Arsenal in there for 32 and 33 because I think there's a good opportunity with them. They have some nice fixtures and Aubameyang is cup-tied. So I, otherwise, I would be a bit concerned about rotation with, with Arsenal, but um, I think he should be fine. I know Lacazette was actually seen in training only today on Twitter, um, but I still think that Aubameyang will be okay. Um, so my plan is to have 14 double game week players plus Salah for 34, and I will bench boost then. I'll free hit in 35. So I haven't given any consideration to 35 really for myself at this point. Um, and I will make some adjustments ahead of 37 because teams like Tottenham has a really good set of fixtures there, assuming that the fixtures land the way we expect. And I'd want to play my triple captain then. Um, generally speaking, though, on, on chip strategy, I think this year is interesting because with the free hit, it has mixed up things a little bit. So we do have people who, you know, they might have their bench boost or their wild card or whatever, but there's another variable in there. And so we are seeing people approach things very differently. For me, I have had good success in the past with bench boosting in the earlier double game week, just because I would be slightly fearful of rotation and motivation for teams later on. 
Um, so I, the other thing is that I think with having hit the wild card in 32, by playing the bench boost first, there's less time between those two chips for a whole host of injuries to occur. I would be a bit nervous about wild carding for 15 players now and then waiting until 37 to bench boost and who knows what could have happened then. So yeah. I like the um, the, tri- the Harry Kane definitely um, triple captain chip in. Uh, I can see a lot of people using that one in 37. So um, yeah, I think it's hard to look past. It is very very difficult. Marzi, how's your thinking changed um, with all with the new news and also um, did it differ in any way from what Kylie's thinking? Kylie, high five, Amiga. Exactly the same. It's like we look at ah. each other's teams, but obviously I didn't have that three forward nightmare. I, can't, I wouldn't have slept if I had those three forwards. <laughs> Kylie, look out your window. <laughs> Kylie, look out your window right now. He's hiding there. <laughs> have you logged into my account or something? My team looks now. Uh, you, you know what, Kylie? For, pe- for people who have all their chips, Kylie really summarized it well. So I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm doing exactly the same thing. Now, the, the one thing that I would add is, there is not one way that is the right way. This is how we looked at our team and we decided it's the right way forward. All our teams, we do not share the same team. Just to just to be clear, <laughs> um, I also <laughs> I also have um, you know I I actually as people say dead ended my team. Although I was happy with my team for 31, but I always had the plan to wild card in 32. Always. So yeah, when I saw, to be honest, when I saw the fixtures, the fixture announcement, I was happy because it mixed things up. It wasn't what we were expecting, and you know, you see the drama unfold on Twitter on a busy day, and you just have a smirk on your face in the meeting, and people are like, "What are you laughing about?" And I'm like, "Yeah, don't worry, <laughs> it's it, 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 it's it's good." But you know, I also decided that it's quantity over quality for me, so I'm bench boosting in 34 gives me two. Um, w- yeah, so. What also this gives me, having the wild card now, is I planned my team not just for 34. We do have two game weeks before. And as Kylie mentioned, Arsenal's fixtures, for example, look good. So I'm, when I wild card, I did it up to 37 minus 35 because I have a free hit. I tell you what, I don't actually know who's playing on 35. This is how much I've gave it much attention because I know I'm free hitting. So I don't care about that. And if you have the free hit chip and you're playing it, then just don't look at that set of fixtures. It's pointless. So I looked at 32, 33, 34, 36 and 37. And I decided that for me, I'm going to wild card now. Focus on the double doublers. Um, obviously, there's some still rubbish double doubling like Southampton I'm not even looking at their players so you look at the big players and you, and you build what you do is you build your team from 37 backwards um, and that and that's what I did I'm happy with my squad you also have to be flexible of course Kane could be back I might I don't have Lukaku at the moment I'm going with Rashford for example but if between now and 34 Rashford does nothing and Lukaku does I can bring him in so I have some like different uh, backup backup plans the reason I decided to go for 34 bench boost over 37 is because for me, I much prefer the triple captainers in 37 over 34. That is the main reason. And the other one is what Kylie said, the rotation, etc. Yeah, nice one, Mersey. Dale, how about yourself? What's your, uh, what's your thinking on, on your plans and how were they messed up by this um, scheduling change? Well... My plans weren't actually messed up because I didn't actually make any plans to begin with. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been planning. 
obviously we was aware that some teams had eight games and some teams had seven games. So I, I've been planning on, you know, that we, we was aware what teams might have two, two lots of double game weeks and, and some might not. So I, I've been planning, like, a little, little bit of planning. I've brought in about five or six players that, you know, are going to score points in the in game week 34 and game week 37. But as far as messing up my plans, it it hasn't actually messed up my plans. It's it's actually made a lot of it easier. I think if you haven't got any chip... Well, I've got bench boost, that's all I've got. But I think if you haven't got a wild card on you and you haven't got a free hit, I think this is it's made it really easy for you. You know, um, double game week 34 is horrible. Like, there's no... There's, let, let's be honest, right? It's not great, is it? Am, am I wrong? No, no, it's not good. Um, Man U, we'll get onto that in a while, but there's Man United yeah. really of the of the teams are the only ones that I kind of go, yeah, they look really tasty for it. Um, That's but, it. Uh, and like, and 37, 37 looks good, but you're going to get a lot of rotation because it's the last three games of the season. Teams are going to be safe. Teams have got nothing to play for. So, you know, I, I think it's kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. And... Don't get me wrong, there'll be people who will get like out of the pack scores, they'll get hundreds, 150, whatever. You know, there always is, but I think this has kind of leveled the playing field a little bit if you haven't got all your chips like Mars has. Um, yeah, so we're so going to make big games on them, I like it. Yeah, I'm actually quite excited by it, so yeah, I'm, I'm quietly confident. Nice one, you sound excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Maris, we'll, we'll actually the one thing I wanted to actually ask you was and see what the fellas think as well. I, don't, I keep on saying fellas, Kylie, and I have to stop. <laughs> Sorry, complicating things. With, I know, yeah, with, with your femininity. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I was thinking about was all the addition of chips. Has it made it a bit of a complication for a bit of a headache for managers, new and old, like the? All the Ferrari during the week with um, with people getting criticism for their advice on the double game weeks and who where the fixtures were going to drop and stuff like that. All the chips, do you think has it taken away from the fun element in the game and made it a little bit too complicated that people have to plan long in advance and stuff? No, I don't think so. I like it. It adds a little bit, you know, va-va-voom, va-va-voom, va-va-voom into the FPL just complicates things even more and uh, maybe it benefits the you can argue it benefits the planners but then this this is like a, we're watching a movie and it's just the, the script just flipped because you would think that the benefit was for all the planners and then suddenly the game weeks went completely wrong and you think oh no if I haven't planned or for example like Dale said in his situation now he's happy when he looked at the fixtures I'm still happy and I have all my chips it really just depends on how you look at it I, I like the chips I also appreciate all the work that happens on Twitter. Uh, and I think some of the uh, abuse some people are getting is absolutely out of order. Enjoy the game. If people want to do whatever they want to do with it, fair enough. Yeah, well, all that stuff is obviously tragic. Um, but um, the yeah, but it's, it's, more, it's more I'm imagining from the point of view of they do want to make the game as accessible to as many people as possible. And it's more just they... With with it not with you not being able to plan properly is what the problem is. Where you know if you if there was some set formula that we could go right, we know that it's going to drop in these weeks or whatever like that, and you can kind of plan for it. Whereas no yeah, matter how much boring. planning, everyone does. Yeah, but that's boring. Does, that's boring. Where's the excitement in there? 
That's boring. Yeah, exactly. I agree with Maz. I agree. I, I, do, you know what, yeah. I, do you know what? I would like them to just bring it back to one wild card. I'd prefer that. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe even the January wild card. I would love it. I would absolutely love it if they just dropped a, a, a mini double game week between 34 and 37 just to mess up with us even more. Just decide, you know what? We are going to have a game on Champions League night and the play- teams that are not playing Champions League, I don't know if, if it could happen. I know we said most likely it couldn't, but it would be just brilliant. Just to add Yeah, the reason that won't happen is because they care, they care about money, Mers, and they wouldn't yeah. put the two of them up against each other. But um, lads, I'm glad that I did such a great job as a um, host there that I actually got you to violently disagree with me all jumping in at one I'm, I'm only basically <laughs> I, I'm offering it as a conversation point but um but thanks <laughs> uh folks let's move on to looking at we look through that mentioned earlier on some of the teams we mentioned that it's a little bit uninspiring the double game week 34 teams and um, there are eight of them so um I'll go through the game the teams and their fixtures first of all, and then I'm going to come to you, Dale, first on it, and you can kind of give me if there's any of them that's going to stand out for you as being somewhat appealing. Um, Leicester are at Burnley and they're at home to Southampton. Chelsea are at Southampton and they're away to Burnley. Man United are playing versus West Brom and they're at Bournemouth, so that one looks quite tasty. Um, Spurs versus Man City and then at Brighton. And then we Brighton at Palace and against Spurs. We have Burnley versus Leicester and also at Chelsea. We have Bournemouth at Liverpool and Man United, so don't nobody's going to be rushing to get their cherries in anyway. And we have Southampton versus Chelsea and at Leicester. So um, Dale, looking at those doubles, it really is just Man United, who I regard as having like two games, which if I looked at indi- on an individual basis, I would regard as easy wins with plenty of opportunities. Um, so yeah, I agree with you, Man United. I'm bringing uh, defensive coverage in for United. I don't trust their attack. I could possibly go with Lukaku, but and I thought about Rashford as an enabler, but I think I'm just going to stick with uh, De Gea and one of the centre backs. Um, the other one I'm looking for, and it probably some people on the panel might disagree. I don't know, but I am looking at Burnley now. Leicester's a winnable game. Um, the safe, the cat go down, the cat really go up anywhere. And I mean, neither can Burnley, to be fair. But um, I, mean, I just, I just really like that fixture. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. And I think they've got Chelsea at home, so that's just the the icing on the cake. Chelsea are not in great form um, at all. I mean, we're going to see what they're made of when they play Tottenham. Um, basically, I mean, if Mars will, Mars will probably back me up here. I think if Chelsea lose against Tottenham, they're probably out of the top four reckoning. Um, Potentially, yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. with regards to the top four, math- I think it's going to go to the wire. Yeah, but not, they're not mathematically out of it. But no. if, if Tottenham beat them, they're a long way back, aren't they? Yeah, I agree. So, and it'll be, it'll be a, a, a psychological uh, um, disadvantage. You know, have, having losing to a team that is fighting for the top four and pushing them even further back. That's it. I mean, I fully expect Chelsea to turn up because they, they, they do tend to get results against Spurs. But, you know, it's 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 not been the case this season and Chelsea are just not in great form. Um, the, the cons- they're not, the, the thing you associate with Chelsea, especially in the Conte, is, you know, the, defensively, they're pretty sound. And, you know, Crystal Palace scored against them. You know, it's... 
So the the leaking, the leaking goals. And, mm. Yeah. So I, I I mean that the Chelsea fixture is a bonus, but I think Burnley against Leicester at home is the winnable one. And anything you get against Chelsea is a bonus. So they're the two that I'm looking at. And this is what I'm saying earlier. Like, double game week 34 is just not that attractive. Kylie, what's um, the, as Dale mentioned there, Chelsea? And I know you're a wild carding, and I've seen a lot of love for Willian, and he's had price increases this week. But um, is what Chelsea cover have you brought into your wildcard team? And um, like, are you a Willian owner by any chance? At the moment, I am. Um, but I look, I think Willian has played really well for Chelsea. I think it's kind of madness that he's not necessarily secure, given the fact that they've had some issues in terms of scoring recently. Um, so I have him penciled in there, but he wouldn't be locked in because I'm not especially confident in Chelsea at the moment. I think that we're probably including Chelsea in our wildcards more because they have what on paper you would consider to be reasonable fixtures. But And if this was a really strong Chelsea team, if this was a Chelsea team that we'd seen last year, for example, then you might feel more confident about them. But I think it's given the lack of options elsewhere. You know, United is, as you both mentioned, the clear target in this case. Even though they don't score a huge amount of goals, defensively, they definitely have the best fixtures there. And there's a lot of merit in going with Lukaku. I think for me personally, I like the idea of Maris. Leicester don't necessarily have much to play for. And so Southampton have been terrible. So there's, you know, definitely potential there. I do think that Burnley are a different sort of, you know, they're not easy to score against necessarily. So it's hard to know there. But Maris has personal motivation in that he wants to put himself in front of the shop window and we know that he is well capable. So I think that he's a really interesting target. But without question, in the last couple of years where we would have looked at a bench boost, I think that it's a much trickier combination. I think part of the attraction in terms of these particular players for 34 is that the bulk of them also have a double game week in 37 and that's what's really drawing you to them mm, yeah yeah good stuff um marzi what's your um what's your take on this one uh yeah i agree i mean listen um we talked about united um i, I said already i'm going down the rashford route at the moment i've also got defensive cover uh the reason i'm going with rashford is obviously gives me more money um and i like the way he plays so I think I think Mourinho will. He started playing him, and I think he will continue. I think he definitely played him against City, for example. I think he will. So it gives me. He's got two games to sh- to show me that he will deliver, or I could just go safe and go Lukaku for the double game. I mean, they've got West Brom and, and Bournemouth. Um, the other teams. So you know, they'll touch on Burnley, and I agree. Burnley have got two home games, so I've got a defender because they're quite strong, and I've gone with. Good Monson because oh, I might not have said his name right, but he's a cheap fifth I've gone midfielder. With him too. He's a cheap fifth midfielder and his stats are ridiculous. So if Burnley are going to do well, he's most likely going to be involved. If if either assisting or could even nick a goal. 
So normally, actually, what I've done in the last few years is I wasted my bench boost most of the time, getting about eight points. And uh, apart from the season, I think when Darlow was uh, was playing and he got a clean sheet, so that pushed it up to 12 or something like that. So I decided this year that I want to have relatively stronger bench. The fact that these big some big players are injured or the te- the big teams are playing each other gives me the chance to go with less of so the less expensive players like the Son instead of instead of Kane at the moment, Rashford instead of Lukaku. Just mix it about and also makes the, makes you have different teams. Um, I also meant the, the main thing for me though is what the other two games that they have before. Burnley are playing away to West Brom and Watford. Could they keep clean sheets? Yes. Could Godmanson get something? Yes. Uh, you look at Leicester, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Southampton. I mean, come on. If I if I wasn't choosing Mahrez before, he would definitely be in my team now. I'm also going down Vardy route because for me, I like the combination. Vardy's a cheap premium forward. Uh, allows me to bring in others if I want to. And he wants to be in the England squad or maybe playing up front. And I just like the way he plays. And if he's having a party, I want to be part of it. It's 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 really that simple for me. The good thing, actually, about 34 is City are not playing twice. And instead, they're going to be playing in 37. Now, by then, I expect them to have won the league and either be, be out of Europe or the final is far away. So I'm hoping that by the, between now and 37, I get to see what Pep does. And hopefully he plays the younger players or the less expensive ones. And in 37, I just pounce on two or three of them. So that, that's, yeah. that's how I plan it. It really isn't um, one one team that's not good for his Man City assets, of course, to, to move to 37 because by the time 37 comes around, the likes of Sterling and these ones, they mightn't be playing at all or they might, you know, they might maybe have at one no match. I have yeah. no City players. I have no City players for that reason. But if they had I the double in, if, if they did have the double in 34, then we people have been kind of holding on to Sterling and stuff like this to kind of uh, try yes. to get the double. So there's one watch out for that. One watch out for that. They've got a derby, then they've got a big European game, and that happens between 33-34. So that where, that's where, for me, rotation is a risk. There's, you know, we always like people. I, I see people worrying about rotation injuries. Look, think about what you can control. I do that in my working life and in FPO. I try and think about the things that I can influence or control. I can't influence who's going to get injured in five weeks' time. But if I know there's a player that is, had, has only played once in 10 times, I probably won't pick him. And if I know that there is, uh, for example, City and Liverpool have two big games, potentially some of their players might be rested. More City than Liverpool because of the squad in, uh, the depth in the squad. I'll stay away from their players. That's just my strategy anyway. Great stuff, Mersey. Thanks, Mill. Um, we'll move on to the listeners' questions. So um, we got a good lot in, but they're all pretty much similar. So I've kind of lumped a few of them together. Dale, come to you first on it. Our friend FBL Connect was asking. He said, all right, guys, and Miss Zen, um, I've seen a lot of wildcard drafts, a lot. And most of them don't have Firmino, who's been brilliant value for the first for the last 15 to 16 game weeks in a team that's extremely good in attack. Given the way United play, is it really such a good idea to go with Lukaku over Firmino? No, not for me. Um, if I, I'm, I'm looking at probably going back to four-five-one, and if I, if and when I do that, I'm probably Firmino is probably the striker that I will play. Um, so yeah, I mean Lukaku. I mean he's, Lukaku's. If you look at his actual numbers, like. He's, he's had one of his best seasons, you know. He's, 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 he has chipped in with the goals. It's just 
we hadn't had that explosiveness what we used to get at Everton where he'd go on a six seven game apart from at the beginning of the season sorry um, where he goes on like a six seven game run where he just bangs him in for fun it's just been consistent over the season I mean it is an hard one but I'd be much more if it, if it I look at it like this right. If I've got Lukaku or Firmino, oh my, I'm more happier to captain. It's probably Firmino because you know Liverpool are going to play one way. They're going to attack. It's going to be all out attack no matter what. It doesn't matter what the other team's going to do. Liverpool are going to try and score as many goals as they can. And Firmino can create, he can score. So for me, I'd be going Firmino over Lukaku. And it sounds so, it sounds a bit wrong saying that, but yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I like it. You're becoming a proper red. I like it, um, Dale. I know. Me and, me I know. and Mars are it's, definitely rubbing off on you. I don't like this. I might have to quit the pod. That's Mars if he agrees with me, but I, I, we probably don't even need to ask him. <laughs> no, um, you know what? I, I, I agree with you, but I'm actually selling for me. I agree with you on the principle for what you're thinking. But having looked at my team and what I want to do and the fact that I want to have 14 double game week players and how, considering Firmino can't be a, a bench player, if you like, or, you know, um, yeah, I decided to sell him. It's difficult for me, but for me, to be honest, it's win-win because if he delivers for Liverpool, that means Liverpool are winning. So I'm happy anyway. It's just, um, I think I decided it, to sell it, him. Depends who you, it depends who you're bringing in. But I mean, in fact, if all Liverpool play Bournemouth and like Bournemouth are really leaky. And they're playing them at home. So, you know, I think Firmino's got a good chance of outscoring um, double game week players in my Absolutely. For me. Pot- potentially, I'm- potentially, you know, potentially. But I've got Salah, who covers f- for Liverpool, right? Now, don't forget what we- what I just mentioned. We do have a derby before and we do have the City game. Will Will Klopp rotate? I think depends on what happens in those two games, he might. Yeah, I think if he's still like fighting for second, he will but if seconds are, if seconds a bit out of reach, then you might rotate. But even if you rotate, you know you still play that way, and you still can put teams to bed. So absolutely, it's just for me. It was just looking at my team overall. It was not an easy decision, and I might change my mind. Now, Kylie. So this, I'm trying to throw two questions together. There, one is from Hutsu, and the other one is from Ryan at FBL Hobbs. Um, they're both asking to do with. Bench boost and triple captain for double game week 34 or 37. Um, and basically, what is the argument for, what argument would you have for which chip do you prefer to use in each double game week? Yeah, okay. So w- while I do think that there's a case for, a, a good case for bench boost in 37, because arguably there's better fixtures and there's more fixtures. Um, and and for those with no wildcard, actually, there's no uh, sorry, there's more time. But for me personally, I just prefer bench boosting in in the 34 game week. Uh, I feel in this instance that I'm a bit more confident, whether it's rightly or wrongly, who knows, but I feel confident that I can field a team of 14 double game week players who are more than likely going to play twice. Whereas you know, in 37, I wouldn't necessarily feel as confident of that. I also think there's time still for teams to shake up their finish for the end of the season. They might have a bit more to play for than they do in 37. The difference with the triple captain and where I do feel that that works in 37, beyond the fact that I think that there are candidates there that stand out, and we've touched upon them before, but 
ultimately for the triple captain to work in a double game week, you need to feel confident that only one player will play twice for you to feel like that particular chip has a chance of working. So it's for me, it's one versus 15. And I just like the odds better the way it is with a bench boost in 34 and a triple captain in 37. Brilliant. Great answer. Thanks, Mill. Sabiel was asking, I, I don't have free hit and they're now on a wild card. They have bench boost and triple captain. Have you any advice on how to maximize the use of those chips? Yeah, so I would actually flip things around in this instance, despite all of the previous logic of what I've said, because my case for the 34 bench boost is primarily based on the fact that I have a free hit chip. So I feel that I can comfortably bench boost a team, a large team of uh, players who are playing twice in that week and then still field a team in 35. The issue if you're doing it that way without a free hit is that the only team with a double in 34 and playing in 35 is Burnley. So I think it makes it a bit trickier. My approach for this would be to... On my wild card, I'd get maybe seven or so double double game week players, a bit of Burnley because they do play in 34 and 35 and have a, de a decent fixture in 35, actually. I think they play Stoke. And then the remainder of the team, I would get uh, single game week players who have good fixtures from now through to 35. So Arsenal and Liverpool, definitely. And ideally, a mix of those would include players who have a double game week in 37. So again, Arsenal is one of these. And I think if you do that, you can set yourself up. So you play triple captain in 34. And then you can still, if you use a couple of transfers, you can still play a team in 35 and then gear up to play the bench boost in 37. While you won't have a full team of double game weekers in 34, you can still get some benefit from it without completely shooting yourself in the foot for game week 35. Marzi, um, Mohutsu was asking um, another question from him. He was talking about on the beach syndrome. Does it actually exist? You can give me a short answer on this one. Yes. <laughs> what? What's the... <laughs> one, one, one word answer, Marz. One word answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> great, great answer. Thanks. <laughs> and and Pano, this this is a longer question for you now, but um Pano Sideras at the Art of FBL, which is a good handle. Uh Pano had several suggested topics, so um thanks for them. We've gone through most of them, I think, uh in during uh, during the podcast so far, but we're gonna answer this one for him. Can you give us your essential players, Mars, for game weeks 34, 35 and 37? So just give me a couple of players from each game week that I think you should really go into the game week with. I don't know if I can give you players. I'll give you teams who play the double-double. So you United, City, Chelsea, Arsenal. If you really want players, then you've got De Gea and maybe Young, or depending on when George comes back. Chelsea, you look at people like William to enable you. Uh, a defender, so Alonso Asby, because Christensen is always injured. If you really want to be different and have money, go Hazard. Um, Arsenal, because they have a good fixture list and then they have a double. So you've got a, a boomerang. You need to be careful how they do in the Europa between now and game week 37. Leicester, you've got Mard, uh, Mardi and Vahrez, but <laughs> Vardy and Mahrez. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, to be honest, apart from that, I mean, I struggle with, with 
with the other teams. Uh, I'm just looking at my... I mean, Burnley are good enablers. We already said, mentioned uh, Good Monson, their defenders, uh, Wood uh, or Barnes. So, you know, th- there are a few options there. there are, uh, you know, I'd rather think of teams rather than players and just hope that you pick the right player from that team. Uh, next question we have is actually from Reddit. So um, the stifled one, he um, commented on our Reddit post and he actually said that we're part of his daily commute playlist in when he's going to work in um, in Los Angeles. So um, it's great to hear when we, we love hearing people um, listening from around the world. Um, he was saying in his mini money league, so it's a similar question to one that we've heard earlier on, but... Um, He's currently fifth place, so he's 60 points behind the top two. So um, he's a little bit of ground to make up. He's wildcard active with triple captain and bench boost still left. What are some strategies you would um, you'd employ to have him sneak up, Merce? So certainly something that I've done in my mini league is check out what the two, the two people above you have done. See what what chips they have left. If they have used your tri- if they have used their triple captain then you might have an advantage. You know, 50, 60 points you can do with a triple captain. So first of all, see what they've done and look at their team. Uh, now, obviously, you might not know if they've got their wildcard active or, or not, but you should know if they still have uh, what chips they've used so far. Um, I would say you've got your wildcard build from 37 backwards. Um, I would say bench boost in 34 and triple captain in 37 for the reasons that we mentioned. And also Kylie gave some really good answers as well. I don't want to repeat what she said. But 37 for me, you look at City's fixtures, you look at Spurs' fixtures, even United's fixtures, there's so many options for different players that might just be coming back and people who have used their triple captain already won't have that. So you can't have a double more over them. So I think, uh, yeah, study your opponents, look at their team, and then I would say if, you know, based on what they've got, you know, consider bench boosting first, then triple captaining. And good luck. Let us know how you get on. Let's move on to the final section of the show, which, of course, is where we look at our captain picks. Now, we already kind of went through ours on the previous show, which had FBL coach in it. Tell us, Kylie, who are you going to go for in Game Week 32? Um, I know you've, I I told you the drill with the Barlow and Baldwin captain picks, but um, Barlow is essentially your your boring pick. So um, if you're, if you're just wanting to be a bit conservative and your Baldwin is if you're feeling a little bit frisky or risky um, when you're doing your junior pick, um, who are you going to go for? So I I think the, Barlow pick, the conservative one, I think that's Salah because I'd like to go with something different, but Salah's ownership is just so high. And I think off the back of, what was it, 29 points and then captained um, by many, I think a lot of people are going to play it safe and go with Salah. So he would be my sort of safe pick this week. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And uh, tell us if you were if you're feeling a bit risky, who would you be going for on um, who have you got that you might feel like taking a punt on in 32? I don't think it's super risky. I think he's actually a really ideal differential pick this week. But I would say Obama Yang. Uh, there's probably oh, yeah. no one, even though I'm wildcarding, there's no one else really in my team that I would look at. But I am really, really interested in the idea of captaining Obama Yang. This week, I think that it's an ideal time. It's a great fixture. He is, you know, he does have low ownership and 
So there's real potential there to make some gains. Um, it was funny because it was last week when we were talking, um, I remember there who Dale actually said as his son. And Marge was wondering if you can keep him in the team. I want to change my we risky did. pick. Okay, who's your risky pick, up? Chris Wood. He's got West Brom away. West Brom needs to go for the win. Burnley will just hammer him on the counter-attack. Chris Wood, actually. Are you trying to tie in me saying about a frisk, feeling frisky and you're after putting in Wood as the player <laughs> for go for? Would, would I do a That's... thing like that? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're not following me on Twitter. I think you've been thinking about that for the last week. <laughs> <laughs> You've either got wood or you haven't. Oh, God. Kylie, I, I can only apologise. <laughs> no, no, I didn't that. Hold on. The and, train and on comes that, out. On a, yeah, on that note, that's, that's all we got time for on tonight's pod. <laughs> um, thanks a million, Kylie, for coming on. Um, folks, you can all, of course, follow Kylie at KylieFPO. Um, on Twitter definitely do um, and uh, thank you listeners for listening and for sharing and liking the pod best of luck in game week 32 booyah one for each other and all for one the three brave amigos are we brother to brother and everyone a brave amigo